having breathing room in our lives are incre- it's incredibly important. Uh, a friend of mine, we both um, have two small kids at the moment, so we're both kind of going through the same life stage. We check in with each other on Mondays because we don't see each other that often. And uh, we use the term oxygen. We go, where's your, where's your moments of oxygen this week? Where are you going to take some oxygen moments this week so that we hold each other accountable? And I can go, okay, um, oxygen this week might look like 15 minutes with a cup of coffee on a bench with, with, you know, the kids not being with me. That might be my oxygen for the week. Or it might be two hours that I have to do this. Or we check in and we say, where's your oxygen for the week? Our lives need breathing room. Just as physically, we need to take breaths in order that we inhale oxygen and exhale the bad, the carbon monoxide. We, we know that we also need mental. We need mental breaths to take in the rest and to breathe out the stress. Breathe in the rest and take out the stress. But that's not just going to happen. We need to make those moments of breathing room in our lives. The definition of a breathing room is I mean, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, breathing room is a period of rest in order to increase strength or give you more time to think about what to do next. That's the actual definition of breathing room. A period of rest in order to increase strength or to give you more time to think about what is next. So it speaks of three things. It speaks of a definite amount of time. It doesn't just happen. Actual time has to be allocated to it. Then secondly, it has a definite focus, which is rest. And thirdly, it has a definite purpose, which is to increase strength or to figure out what to do next if you're in the middle of changing a season. Everyone rests differently. Everyone's breathing room will look different. I'm not sure how you rest. I'm not sure how you take a little bit of a, a moment during your day to pause. Um, right now for me, with two small children and, um, and work and a few other things, sometimes breathing room literally looks like 10 minutes with a cup of coffee at a coffee shop with just me and my thoughts. That might not be relaxing for you at all. Um, it could just be sitting in silence sometimes. It could be meeting a friend. It could be having a moment to read a book. Something that brings you a breathing room. Something that brings you rest. And we definitely need to put physical breathing room in our lives. Like time for exercise. Time for maybe to catch up on sleep if you've got an extra five or ten minutes. Not overscheduling our lives. There are practicalities we can do day to day that will give us a little bit of breathing room. And I think as women, we tend to take on a lot. We tend to be responsible for a lot. We tend to put up our hands a lot of the time and go, okay, I'll do that or I'll do this. Even if it's for your family, you're quick to go, okay, I'll sort out the food or I'll cook for that event or that's fine, I'll give you a lift from the airport. We're doers. We practical homemakers and doers all the time. We're servers. When you look at women in the Bible, so many of them were always doing. God And God has given us that ability to see a need and fulfill it. It's an absolute gift. But if we don't use it maturely and correctly, it can actually become something that's detrimental to us. We are responsible for our own lives and our schedules. You might be studying at the moment and you have an actual timetable 
And so you look at your timetable for the week and you go, oh, well, you know, I need to do this and varsity and classes and then I need to go to that group and this group and it just seems a little bit overwhelming. Or maybe you're overscheduled at work or you've got a lot going on and lives are busy. They are busy. There's a lot that we need to do. But physically, we must take responsibility for our schedules and know, okay, I'm going to put a little bit of breathing room there, a little bit of breathing room there. But that's not what I'm going to talk about tonight. Not the physical putting in those things in your calendar. It's important. But tonight, we're going to look at spiritual breathing room. Spiritual breathing room. And what the scripture says about breathing room how we can introduce it into our daily lives and the absolute difference it can make tomorrow in your day. There's this beautiful passage of Scripture in Psalm 61 in the message, and it has the term breathing room in it, and it was, it's absolutely beautiful. It says, God, listen to me shout. Bend an ear to my prayer when I'm far from anywhere down to my last gasp. I call out, guide me up high rock mountain. You've always given me breathing room, a place to get away from it all, a lifetime pass to your safe house, an open invitation as your guest. You've always taken me seriously, God. Made me welcome among those who know and love you. How beautiful is that verse? Uh, and I think it just expresses so beautifully how God is willing and able to provide us with that breathing room. There's certain parts of that scripture that really stood out for me. The first thing is that it says, we have a lifetime pass, a lifetime pass to his safe house. That means it's eternal. It's never ending. And the safe house is a place to rest, a moment to rest. And it's an open invitation. So it's open to all. It's inclusive. It doesn't exclude anybody, no matter what we've done or what we've thought about ourselves, what other people have told us about ourselves. It's all inclusive. And it says, God has always taken you seriously. He has taken your thoughts, your experiences, your feelings seriously. He knows what you've gone through, what you're currently going through, what you're going to go through. He knows your life in and out, and He takes it seriously. And not only does he take it seriously, but he welcomes your thoughts and experiences. He welcomes them. He wants to hear your thoughts. But we have to take those moments to go to the safe house and to have those moments with him. Now, I don't know if you think about a moment with God. If you look at scripture, a lot of those moments took place on mountaintops. Doesn't it seem like that when you read scripture? And they went up to the mountain. And there they were on the mountain with the Lord. It's a lot of mountaintops. And that seems wonderful. But when I thought about the practicalities of it, I thought, yo, when did they just have time to like stop what they were doing and go up a mountain for a few days? Can you imagine us, us just doing that? Tomorrow morning we wake up, say to your family, message your boss. So I'm just going to the mountain for a few days. Like I'll check in with you on Monday. And we just AWOL. Can you imagine doing that? Just taking that time and going there. And those, it's important moments they had with God, but it's not so practical for us always. And I found this piece that was written by a woman called Heather Farrell, and it went absolutely viral. She's an author, and she just posted this thing quite nonchalantly on a blog post, and it spread like wildfire. And I want to read it to you tonight. It's about these mountaintops. 
Have you ever noticed how in the Scriptures, men are always going up into the mountains to commune with God? Yet in the Scriptures, we hardly ever hear of women going to the mountains. And we know why, right? Because the women were too busy keeping life going. They couldn't abandon babies, meals, homes, fires, gardens, and thousands of responsibilities to make the climb to the mountains. I was complaining about this to a friend the other day, saying that even as a modern woman, I feel like I'm never free enough from my responsibilities, never in a quiet enough or holy enough spot to have the type of communion that I want with God. Her response floored me. That is why God comes to women. Men have to climb the mountain to meet God, but God comes to the woman wherever they are. And I've been pondering on her words for weeks and have searched many scriptures to see that what she said is indeed true. God does come to women where they are, when they are doing their ordinary everyday work. He meets them at the wells where they draw water for their families, in their homes, in their kitchens, in their gardens. He comes to them as they sit beside sick beds, as they give birth, as they care for the elderly, as they perform necessary mourning and burial rites. Even the women at the empty tomb who were the first to witness Christ's resurrection were only there because they were doing the womanly chore of properly preparing Christ's body for burial. In this seemingly mundane and ordinary task, these women found themselves face to face with divinity. So if, like me, you ever start to bemoan the fact that you don't have as much time to spend in the mountains with God as you would like, remember that God comes to women. He knows where we are and the burdens we carry. He sees us. And if we open our eyes and our hearts, we will see Him. Even in the most ordinary places and in the most ordinary things. I thought that was absolutely powerful. How good is that? No wonder it went viral. I had never looked at it like that before. I knew about the mountaintops. I didn't think about the, how, how God meets us in our everyday life. This means that you don't need to take hours and hours of your day, which you probably don't have, to go and sit and ask Jesus to restore and to guide and to give. And if you have hours and hours, that's fantastic. And that's wonderful. But if it's not practical for you in this current season of your life, and you're thinking, well, then God won't completely refresh me or completely restore me, or I'll just have to run on the amount of strength or energy or hope or grace that I have because I don't have the time to take, to pause. Then this is for you tonight, to know that God will meet you wherever you're at, in the ordinary, in the mundane. We're going to take a look at a scripture now, which you probably know very well, about God meeting someone in an ordinary moment. And after that, I know this might be a little bit out of the comfort zone for some of you. Um, we're going to answer a few questions in a very small, as you're sitting, small group setting. Um, they're going to be on the screen, and we're just going to do a little bit of chatting just where you are. And then after that, I'm going to carry on and give you three practical points for how you're able to introduce breathing room into your life today. So the scripture we're going to look at is the woman at the well in John 4.18. So we know a few things about this woman. We know that she's at the well at noon, which is not a popular time. It's a hot part of the day, not the time to go to the well. So we assume that she went because it was empty. She went alone, so there is, we, we told, and she was a Samaritan woman, that she was 
bit of an outcast. We make an assumption that, well, maybe people didn't want to hang around her, and so she went by herself at the worst part of the day to make sure that no one would be there to see her. And here she is just drawing water, and we know, as John 4 verse 18 says, the fact is that you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. So we know that there's history there. She's a Samaritan woman. She's got this history that's making her alienated from other people. And so she's going at this very quiet time on purpose. But here in her daily, in her daily task, Jesus, who was not supposed to be associating with a Samaritan woman, walks up to her, asks her what she's doing, and starts talking to her about living water, saying that she will never be thirsty again if she if she drinks from the well that never runs dry. And here we go to um, verse 10, which says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So here Jesus meets this woman in a daily task. She doesn't think anything extraordinary is going to happen to her. She doesn't even think anyone's going to want to talk to her because of her life choices and decisions she's made. And here Jesus approaches her and says, I want to come to you in this moment and I want to provide you with eternal life. I want to provide you with freedom. I want to, I want to provide you with a moment to breathe again, to feel like you have freedom Right here, he meets her in the absolute ordinary. And we're going to see how God is able to do that in your lives. And now we're going to go to just a few questions. Now, I know that there are some of you in the room that you're not really sharers. Like, I totally get it. You're like, oh my word, this is so uncomfortable now I have to talk to these people. And maybe you didn't come with someone and you're like, oh my word, now I'm literally going to be talking to strangers. I get it. It's okay. Totally fine. I, I want to give you like a safe word. Like if you feel like you really don't want to share, just go skip. And don't frown upon people saying skip. Don't judge them. Just go, it's fine. Um, but if you want to sit by yourself, you want just one person next to you and you just want to talk uh, through the questions with the two of you, that's fine. If you want to be a group of eight because you all came together, that's great too. You don't have to go super, super deep, but there are four questions here just to get you started to think about breathing room in your life. It's going to be on the screen behind me. I'm going to go through there, four of them. Uh, the first one is, do you have enough breathing room in your life? Do you have enough breathing room in your life? Second one is, what does breathing room look like to you or rest look like to you? Thirdly, what is your biggest obstacle to getting more breathing room in your life? And fourth one, have you ever felt that God met you in an ordinary life situation? I'm acutely aware that breathing room for you might either be a category at the moment of you actually have a lot of breathing room. Maybe in the season of your life, you have a lot of time on your hands. And for some of you, you might actually hear me talk about a 10-minute coffee on a bench and be like, how am I possibly going to fit that in? I understand that. But the beauty of God and his purpose and message in our life, which we're going to look at now, is that the spiritual breathing room is available whether you have plenty of time in your schedule or very little time in your schedule. 
God's breathing room, his spiritual breathing room, which we're going to look at three aspects now. That is available to us all. And it doesn't matter if you have lots of time on your hands or no time. The first aspect I want to touch on is seek to see. Seek to see. There's a beautiful poem by Elizabeth Barrett Browning that goes, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush fire, and every common bush a fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush is a fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Well, what does this mean? Well, it means that in order to have the breathing room moment, we need to see the breathing room moment. We don't always know when we're walking on holy ground if we don't seek to see the moment. We may have lots of breathing room moments with Jesus in our everyday lives, but we're missing them because we don't seek to see them. I really believe that God is able to meet you wherever you're at, in the middle of your day, when you're running out of patience or you're feeling stressed or you're feeling overwhelmed or you're just needing a bit of a break of catching your breath, that He is there. But we can miss it when we don't seek it out. In 1 Kings 19 verse 11, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave because he knew that God was in that gentle whisper. Sometimes we expect these big moments of our lives where God's going to say, okay, I'm going I'm to impart you with hope now. I'm going to give you an injection of peace. I'm going to calm the storms in your hearts, your emotions right now. And we expect this thunder and lightning and wind, but sometimes he's in a gentle whisper. And then when that whisper comes, like Elijah, we need to notice it and actually step out and be ready to receive it. In Jeremiah 29 verse 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek with all your heart. And Acts 13, 3 verse 19 tells us, Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. I recently had a moment where I had been on the go the whole day. It was wake up, get, you know, kids fed, ready for school, uh, drop off, get to work, um, work meetings, things to do. Um, and after that, go fetch my daughter. And I literally, I arrived at school three minutes early. And the, those three minutes in the car, I knew was going to be my only three minutes of alone time that day before the late evening when I got into bed. And I sat in the car and it was a warm day, breezy, as you know, PE is. And I was sitting, my window was down. And out of nowhere, this gust of wind came. And there were some daisies planted in someone's garden. And this, this fragrant smell was just carried into the car. And the next moment, I was hit with this, 
with this feeling of hope and joy. And in that moment, I could have gone, oh, those daisies smell great. Those are great. Thanks, thanks, wind, for bringing the daisy smell. Or like, oh, it's summer, great. But something hit me, and I took a moment, and I went, this is a breathing moment for me. This, this sounds so lame if I explain it to someone, but something happened in my spirit, in my soul. We have those moments in our day. Someone will maybe just say something to you, or a friend will drop off a cup of coffee, or someone will just encourage you, and something in you shifts. That is one of those gentle whisper God breathing moments in your life. But if you dismiss it and you say, oh, well, that was a coincidence. Oh, oh, yeah, that was just a cup of coffee. Oh, that was just the smell of daisies. And I don't know why that made me feel better. I felt like it was Jesus meeting me in those three minutes where my focus was out of the window. On, I was thinking of nothing else. I was just blanking. And that smell of daisies came and I, I felt better. I felt freer. And I thought, Jesus, like... It's like Elijah moment. Like, and, and, you know, it wasn't like he spoke to me or said anything to me. Nothing significant shifted. But there was a shift here. And that was a breathing moment. But if I'm not aware of it, if I'm not, I'm not, if I'm not seeking to see those moments, I'm going to miss them. So I want to encourage you to seek those moments. Ask Jesus for them. And when they happen, take them. Embrace them. Who cares if they sound cheesy or corny? It doesn't matter. Just if it, if it shifts something in you, thank Jesus and ask him, thank you. I'll, I'll, please can I have another moment? Please can I have another moment in the three minutes? So we need to seek to see. And secondly, then we need to see to soak. So Elijah responded in this previous scripture. The, the gentle whisper of God didn't just come. And Elijah went, I see you. He went, oh, luck, please, God, here I am. What do you want to tell me? What can, what, can I, what can you impart in my life? He was trying to breathe in every molecule of oxygen that God had provided with him in that breathing moment. Jeremiah 31 verse 25 says, For I will satisfy the weary soul and every languishing soul I will replenish. You know, kids often get sick. I don't know if you know, like, you know, they get flus, runny noses. It feels like they just cough forever. Their noses just run forever. I don't know, just one viral thing after one another. I don't know, just feels like it's like that. And so at some point, my son needed to be nebulized um, because he was just struggling with coughs. And I had this, this picture when I thought about breathing room is I can put the nebulizer on his face. And, you know, it's, I don't know if you've seen like nebulizer, the vapors of the medicine, like, it reaches your nostrils and then you have to inhale it. They say inhale it deeply. I'm like, how do I tell a one-year-old to inhale deeply? I'm not going to be like, oh, deeper, bro, deeper. Like, how, how is he going to know? But I had this feeling of, it, this is us with God. He's going, okay, you now seek out the moments. I've given you a breathing moment. You got to breathe deep, bro. Don't just have the vapors in front of your nose. And like, you know, eventually, after a while, my arm got tired of holding it. And then when I looked again, I was like, I was vaporizing the air. It wasn't even anywhere near the poor guy's nose. But if he doesn't breathe deeply, the effect of that, of that medicine does not get fully active in his lungs. And that's the same with us. You can sit here tonight, you can hear these scriptures, and you can hear what I'm saying, and you can choose 
how deeply to breathe it into your soul. You can go, oh, that's beautiful, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for meeting me where, where I am at. Thank you, Jesus, for replenishing my soul. I believe those things. Do you believe it in your soul? Are you going to take these scriptures and write it down and reread it at home and say, thank you, Jesus, for the God-breathing moments that you create in my life. And when they happen, I will breathe deep. I will deposit these truths in my soul. The moments where I'll feel frustrated or angry or overwhelmed or so sad, I will go, God, please give me a breathing, a breathing space through a scripture, through a prayer, and I will breathe deep. God wants to refresh each and every single one of us here tonight. Even if you feel super refreshed, he still wants to give you a new release of refreshing in your soul tonight. But only if you allow it, only if you breathe deep. And the third one is soak to satisfy. If we go back to the woman at the well in verse 13, it says, um, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. She saw Jesus. She maybe really needed that breathing moment. Maybe she didn't feel free. She felt stuck. And she had that moment with Jesus. But the only one that can actually give us pure satisfaction from a breathing moment is God. We can seek it out, we can see the breathing moment, we can breathe it deeply, and then we must allow him to satisfy us. He will satisfy us. He, he longs to come into your daily life and to fully satisfy the need that you have. Isaiah 58 verse 11 says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. I imagine that after she encountered Jesus at the well, she, I mean, if scripture tells us like nothing changed in her life and her circumstances. She came to that well alone, you know, completely a recluse away from community. She, people tried to avoid her. She was having questionable choices. She was making questionable choices in her life. None of her circumstances had changed at the breathing moment. At the moment of encountering Jesus, none of the circumstances had changed. She was still exactly the same circumstances and life as what she had before Jesus encountered her. But what does she do after she encounters Jesus? She was so satisfied by that breathing moment that she ran out and went to go tell people about it. In John 4 verse 39, it says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, in, in Jesus, because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So because she took that moment, she sought she saw the breathing moment, she breathed it in, she took the living water that Jesus had given her and told her about and received salvation. She ran and told people about it. Still the same woman, same circumstances, same feelings that she had. Nothing in her life was better except she was satisfied in her soul. 
And because of that, she could go out and encourage others. And many more were saved just because she went, I'm satisfied after this breathing moment with Jesus. I'm satisfied. It only took a few minutes with him for her to be completely satisfied. Imagine what he can do for you in a few moments in your day. Just meeting you where you're at, washing dishes, washing clothes, driving to work, making food, studying, writing notes, sitting in lectures, sitting in traffic. Imagine what he can do if you give him a few minutes of your headspace and your heart space and you seek those moments out with him. And when you seek them, you'll see them. And when you see them, you can soak in them. And when you soak in them, he can satisfy you. It's all available to us. Tonight, my prayer is that we will seek those moments of breathing room. Yes, it's wonderful if tonight has highlighted some areas of your life where you realize, I need more time just to sit. I need more time for family. I need more time for community. I need more whatever it is. If there's something God's touched on you, practical difference you can make, well, fantastic. Go ahead and make that difference. Make that change to your schedule. It's important. But tonight, my prayer for you is, and I'm going to pray over us all now as we're ending. May we look for the moments of breathing room with Jesus. May we embrace them when they happen. And may we allow him to satisfy us so that we're able to encourage others and go out and spread the good news. Amen? Amen. Please will you stand with me as I just pray over you before we go. Lord Jesus, thank you for each and every woman who's standing in this place tonight. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a powerful, almighty Father who wants to create breathing room moments in our lives. Thank you, Lord God, that like that woman at the well, you're able to come and meet us where we're at. I pray right now for every woman in this room, there's different circumstances, different emotions, different feelings, different schedules, Lord God. But right now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will meet every woman where they're at. I pray for divine God-breathing moments tomorrow, whether they're driving to work or whether they're picking up their child from school or whether they're washing dishes or whether they're sitting at their desk or sitting in a lecture, that there will be a moment, Lord God, that they will seek those moments out and that they will see them. And when they see them, may they soak in them. And Lord God, as they soak, please satisfy us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're able to provide any lack that we may feel. Anyone in this room who's anxious tonight, Anyone in this room who's crying out in desperation, anyone in this room who's stressed, anyone in this room who's tired, anyone in this room who needs a fresh breath of you, Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you will meet them where they're at. May we open up our hearts to see them and may we allow you to just satisfy us, Lord God. I pray for all of the needs in this room now to be laid at your feet. I pray over each family represented here, every community represented here, Lord Jesus. I pray for your hand of provision and guidance and blessing over them now in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that we will create more breathing room moments in our lives. If our schedules need to shift, if priorities need to change, if we need to learn to say no to certain things, please give us the braveness, the courage, the boldness, and the wisdom to be able to do that in order to create those breathing room moments in our lives.
Thank you, Lord God, that we don't need four hours on our knees to hear from you, but that you come to us and that one minute can change our whole day. We give you glory and honor tonight, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming, ladies.